Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Burns and Gambo starts now. Straight up to the claw on this Monday afternoon. Good afternoon and welcome into today's edition of the Burns and Gambo Show. Here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. My name is Dave Burns, alongside the one, the only, John Gambadoro. Hi, Gambo. What's going on? Glad to see you made it into work today. Yes. Uh, unlike your yeah. New York Yankees, who oh. didn't show up to work at all over the last week or so. Yeah, wanna... no, they absolutely fly. The Astros just, they own them. They absolutely own them. They totally it's own them. and he gets swept. <laughs> and now I owe Eric a lunch because of it. The Do moment you? their season was over was when they complained about the roof being open. <laughs> From that moment on, I was never more confident in a lunch bet in my entire life. That's fine. Yeah. I'll buy you lunch. I, I, a, had I, no, I had no faith that they were going to win the World Series or even get to this. I had no faith. They, just, they, they were just too depleted. All their, the bullpen guys were all out. Ben Intendi was out. DJ LeMahieu was out. They didn't have their full roster. Full roster, maybe. Man, but it's probably still not. The Astros are just a better team. Okay, so now uh, the, the national consciousness. We root for the Philadelphia Phillies. I let's go, not, Bryce Harper! Uh, come on. Did you, did you see that video of his home run set to the Moneyball music? No. At the, at the end of Moneyball, when when um, Hatterberg hits the home run and there's the music in the room, somebody took the music from the end of Moneyball and applied it to the Bryce Harper home run. I don't know who did it. It was so well done. It was so, like, I got goosebumps. I can Goosebumps now just thinking oh, about it. It was, it was really a big cool. home run by him. Yeah, it was. Big moment by him. Uh, World Series is all set. Man, there was a lot that went on this sports weekend. It Let's, was without the Cardinals uh, even playing. Even without the Cardinals yeah. playing. There was so much to dig into. So let's dig. Burns and Gambo, the weigh in. Brought to you by Revitalize Weight Loss. Campaign checks in for Chris Paul. Triggers it in for Booker. Who goes straight to the rim and throws it down with some anger. Devin Booker. A little yell with that deuce. <laughs> John Bloom with the call. Suns beat the Clippers. Throttle the Clippers last night. Led by 22 at one point. The Clippers cut it to 10. But every single time Devin Booker was there, he had an incredible game. He is off to an incredible start so uh, far. He was. Season. I mean, they beat the Clippers. Today. Listen, it's, it's not the, the Clippers right now. Even Ty Lue said it after the game. The Suns are better than us. But Kawhi Leonard's coming off the bench. He's not starting. He played seven minutes in the first half last night. They're not, they're not at their best right now. But still, good win. Devin Booker was great. 13 out of 21 shooting. 5 and 9 from three-point range. So many big baskets. You even get to the, you know, and they, they, they got off to that great start, right? They got off to a great start. It was 11 nothing, And then they just kind of buried them and it led by 20 at one point in the first half they're up by 22 points they're up by 20 at halftime Clippers can't make a shot to save their life from deep they're one for 12 they can't hit a, a three-point shot the Suns hit nine three-pointers mm-hmm. in that first half book was great in the first half he had 18 overall 14 in the first quarter and I, the Clippers to me never really made a run they got within 10 in the third quarter yeah Monty called a quick timeout settled everything down Suns scored the the next four points, went into fourth quarter with a nice lead, and the Clippers never really threatened throughout the whole game. No, I mean, defensively, the effort was great for the Suns last night. No, the Clippers never threatened. It was their home opener last night. I know Kawhi Leonard and Paul George addressed the crowd beforehand, and, and yeah, they were on the second night of a back-to-back, but John Wall didn't play on the first half of the back-to-back. Kawhi Leonard, I don't think, played on the first half of the back-to-back, so they were trying to save some of their guys and keep them somewhat fresh for this game. I, I would agree. The Clippers, the Clippers, 
the Clippers now and the Clippers in March are going to be two very different two versions very different of the Clippers. Teams, yeah. it's, going to be, it's going to be very, very different. Their best player last night was Marcus Morris. Yes. He was their best player. Yeah, which is not saying yeah, a like lot. The, on a team Marcus that deep, Morris. Marcus Morris is your best player. Right. But, but I don't want to, look, I don't want to diminish what the Suns have done so far to start the season. They're off to a really nice start so far this year. Well, the loss to Portland was, I don't know, Portland's played well. I mean, Portland's played better. They played better. Um... And that was an interesting game because DeAndre misses the free throw, right? Then he has to miss the second one on purpose. And he does miss it. And Landell's got a shot there. He, and he, he had he, it. He, he had it. He missed it perfectly. DeAndre Perfect. missed it perfectly. Couldn't have done it any better. I, I mean, like a, like he was golfing, right? And he's just got, okay, I got to roll it with yeah. just one foot of the cup, right? I mean, he put it exactly where he and needed then to. Simon had scored on Mikhail Bridges. And Mikhail was like, I just did everything I could in the world. Just not the, yeah. this kid. And he scored. So, uh, you know, Portland, they beat the Lakers last night. They're playing better. So that was. Was a you know they look the Suns didn't play well against Dallas and won. They played okay against Portland. This game, it's just hard. It's hard for me to judge because I don't think they played that well against Dallas, and they won the basketball no, they game. They didn't. And I thought there were some issues against Portland, and they lost. And last night, I thought they played better, but it was a Clippers team that you could just tell is not right yet. Yeah, but two and one, you two know, one, I yeah. mean, two and one at the end of the day with the schedule. I mean, they got the Warriors coming up on Tuesday. They got the Pelicans coming up on Friday. Pelicans are injured. Uh, yeah, they're hurt. They got a bunch of guys. Hurt Zion right got now. hurt. Fell on his back. And I think Brandon, Brandon Ingram got hurt. A couple of guys got hurt for the Pelicans. Yeah, I think Ingram got concussed. Concussion. I believe in that game. And yeah. Zion fell on his back on a play, and so he he got hurt. But so they had some guys that hurt. The story early on the season is Devin Booker. You mentioned the night he had last night. He was he was fantastic. He was thirteen and twenty one from the floor. You mentioned this. He had 34, 35 points in the game, five and nine from three. Chris Paul after the game talked about this special kind of energy Devin Booker had. I think just our energy, pace, you know, we got off to a good start, book, just sort of had that, you know, that little, you just see it, his energy, you know what I mean, the house that Kobe built, you know what I mean, he just, he got us going, and I think we just kept it going. And look, it's the smallest sample size in the world, but I I, I gotta point this out, because the Suns themselves pointed this out, the 96 points Devin Booker has scored through the first three games is the most anybody has ever scored through the first three games in the history of the franchise, so there's that. But but it, to me, it goes beyond that. And this totally passes the eye test if you've watched these games. Devin Booker, one of the things we talked about last week before the opener. Get to the free throw line get more. Get to the free throw line. Get to the rim more. Yeah. What, do we, what do we want to see Devin Booker do this year to improve yep. his game and take it to the next level? Go to the rim. Attack the basket. He is doing that with some kind of an abandon right now. It's very noticeable, but you've got the numbers to back it up. It is very noticeable that, you know, that that he is attacking the basket, getting to the rim, getting to the free throw line a little bit more. But it's just watching the game, you see it. The numbers back it up tremendously. Yeah, here they are. This is from Gerald Bourget over at PHNX Sports. He tweeted this out this morning. Drives last year, Devin Bush, driving the rim, right? Driving in attack in the rim. Drives last year, 9.7 per game. Drives through three games this year, 17.3 okay, per that's game. that's more than double. That's, yeah. That's about double. That's about double. Okay, it's about, it's about double. double. 9 to 17. Okay. Math on the air. It's a little bit less than double. It's, it's very close to being double. We're, we're, yeah, of course. 9 to 7. That's a lot. All right, that's a want, big difference. Oh, you want double? I'll give you double. Uh-huh. Percentage of shots at the rim last year, okay. 15%. 
Percentage of shots at the rim this year, 33%. That's more than double. There's your double. There's my double. <laughs> There's double you, of pleasure right there. I got your daily double right here. Right. Right. Give me some spearmint gum. I'll be good. Free, th- free throw attempts last year, 5.3 per game. I like this stat. Free throw attempts this year. 6.7 per game. Yeah, I like that. I mean, I do. Like that's like that's a good number right there. So he's getting to the, he's driving more, he's getting to the rim a lot more. He's getting to the free throw line more. This is all great news. This is elevating. And there was a play last night where he just, I think it was uh, uh, Zubach, the center, mm-hmm. had the ball and booked like a bat out of hell. No hesitation. Jumped in there and stripped it from him. Yeah. You remember that play? Oh, I do remember that play. And yeah. it was like, oh, okay, there you go. That's the things that he needs to do. Like, you can't, you can't think, do I go or do I not go? You just got to go. Mm-hmm. You got to go because by the time you think about it, He's gonna re, he's gonna make a play or he's gonna protect the ball. He got the ball. It's kind of around the three point line. Now it's a little bit past the free throw line. And book just right away just went in and stripped it from him. Great play. We wanted to see him get better defensively, but we did want to see him drive more, get to the free throw line. Very evident early that Booker's game has changed a whole lot through these first three games compared to what it was in previous years. Yeah, there's so much more to talk about with the Suns, and we will over the course of the show. I'll just kind of give everyone a little sample of some of the things we might we're going to talk about Chris Paul you know it's been a struggles it's been weird watching him start the season right struggles struggles not only scoring just a willingness to shoot the basketball there have been struggles he looks very passive out there yeah DeAndre Ayton has by far and away been their second most consistent offensive threat the one they're looking for the second most behind Devin we'll talk about no Dario and and Dario hasn't played campaign at all campaign Chuck Landale and how what he's done Mm. off the bench especially last night he he and Damian Lee are, are maybe early on showing good returns for guys that you know we didn't necessarily have super high hopes for. Yeah, he was a guest on the uh, post-game show uh, with Tom and Tom last night. He was. I saw Landale. He was a guest on the post-game he's show. He's funny. I think he's actually going to join us on yeah. the show tomorrow. It seems like oh, he's good. got yeah, it seems like he's got a lot of personality, a lot of fun. So They, so, they, they were saying that they, they think the only Australian player that's played for the Suns was Luke Longley. Is that the only Australian that's played for the Suns? I thought they mentioned another one, too. No, they only mentioned Luke Longley. They couldn't come up with another guy. I thought there was another one. I just couldn't remember who it was. Well, Aaron Bain. Baines. He was the other one. No, they met, but they Baines. mentioned him. Yeah, they did they mention him? They mentioned Baines. They mentioned Luke. Okay, and then I thought they only mentioned Long. Yeah, no, Aaron Baines too. Yeah, Baines, so that's right. We got, we got. Uh, a second. Oh, I was gonna say we have good history with Australian players, but Luke. Yeah, Landell's already better than Luke Longley. <laughs> Not so much. Landell in three games. Jock Landell has already given the Suns more than Luke Longley did in whatever years he was here. <laughs> when we come God. back on the Burns and Gambo show, that restaurant still open? Uh, I don't believe so. Uh, no, the Arizona Cardinals had the weekend off, but that didn't mean for a second we weren't watching football yesterday to see what this weekend meant for the Cardinals. So, what did they learn about their division this weekend? We'll tell you next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Let's go! Let's go! Let's go! Let's go! Let's go! Let's go! Big Red Monday and Burns and Gambo on Arizona Sports. Presented by Sanderson Ford. The best play is at Sanderson Ford. First and ten, toss to Walker, goes right side, has a little running room, Parkinson out front. Here comes up the sideline, he's on the run, 40, down to the 30, they're going to catch him, I don't think so, 15, 10, 5, touchdown, Seahawks, 74 yards. Yeah, Seahawks are in first, just like we all have. Just like we all planned, I mean, we all knew this. No big deal. We always knew this, you're chasing Seattle, the perennial 
NFC West favorites and champions. It didn't matter who the quarterback was. I think we all knew Seattle was the team to beat. Yeah. No, that's not quite how we thought it was going to go down. There's Pete Carroll. Anytime we can go out and, and, and run the ball for a bundle, 160 or something, and uh, take care of the football like Gino did, throwing it 20 for 27, you know, really efficient stuff, and then play defense to complement that. We know that we're going to be good on teams, so it, 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 just, it just fits together really well. That was Pete Carroll uh, after the game, after their win yesterday against the L.A. Chargers, who suffered all kinds of injuries. J.C. Jackson went down, and Mike Williams went down. And in the meantime, Kenneth Walker the third. Oh, my goodness, that run we played there at the top. Geno Smith continues to play well. He might, be the, he might end up being the best Ken Walker. Out <laughs> of all the Ken Walkers. Do you remember another Ken Walker? Um... Wasn't that the name Basketball. of the guy from the White Shadow, right? No. no. Kenny Skywalker. Oh, Kenny Skywalker. Kenny Skywalker. Oh. I was thinking about this. This Kenny Walker may be better than that Kenny Walker. The guy Walker. who played the coach in the White Shadow, I thought his name was Ken Walker. Oh, he I might- could be wrong. Ah. I, I, I thought, but I, I could be very, very wrong. I don't remember all that well. You threw me for a loop. I wasn't Sky expecting Walker. you to go there. Um, yeah, he uh, he was terrific yesterday. He he just absolutely dominant in that win over the LA Chargers. Great. And then their defense. And if you're if you're a Cardinals mm-hmm. fan, okay, you play Seattle in just a couple of weeks. They right? seem to fix some stuff with that defense. Yeah, didn't they? they did seem to fix some stuff with that defense because that defense gave Justin Herbert a real hard time. Gave Justin Herbert a real hard time yeah. on third downs yesterday, and for back to back weeks that defense has played at a really nice level Pete Carroll look guy can coach I mean it's just flat out undeniable the guy can coach and even though it looked like he was bringing a knife to a gunfight apparently Pete Carroll is proving you can win with a knife and he might end up with the number one overall pick in the draft (laughs) sorry Mitch sorry sorry Mitch (laughs) Mitch is a Broncos fan yeah yeah how's that working out for you how the Broncos do yesterday even without Russell Wilson. Yeah, Seattle jumped all over him, 17-0. They win, uh, they win that game, and now they're all alone in first place. And you gotta look at them, and you got, and I didn't, I thought, you go with Geno Smith. Come on. I mean, Geno Smith, he sucks. Yeah. He's Geno Smith. Like, there's a reason, like, you know, he's been a, he's actually, I gave him credit for hanging around the league as long as he did and getting a paycheck. The fact that they're winning games with him, I mean, Pete Carroll looks like an absolute genius. Okay, I'm gonna trade Russell Wilson for all these picks and players and you know and uh, and now look at them. I mean in first place now can they hold on? Is this going to be short lived? Well the Rams don't look that good. Nope. The 49ers don't look that good. Nope. The Cardinals don't look that good. It's a battle of like you know Hey, somebody's going to win this division. Again, but somebody's going to win it. We're almost halfway through the season. All right, this isn't a two-game sample size. Mm-hmm. This isn't a four-game sample size. We're, we're seven games in. You've played almost one half of this football season. I mean, at some point, you have to say to yourself, oh, oh, "Okay, now, now, look, we did this last year with the Cardinals. They were ten and two. They were ten and two on December second. Right? Oh, that's it, man. Look at that. They're the best team in the NFC. They've yeah. got a two-game lead over everybody else in the entire conference, and it all came crashing down. It's a Week-to-week league, I get it. Things can change in a hurry, I get that. But if nothing else, you have to respect Seattle. You can no longer just casually dismiss them and say that's not a very good football team. They're this, they're that, it's Geno Smith, they're down to their third string running back, whatever the case may be. You have to respect them. You have to respect what they've done. And suddenly that game looming in a week and a half against Seattle for the Cardinals, it's not an automatic. You've lost to them already once, and they're first in the division right now. You have to give that game maybe a higher level of respect if you're a Cardinals fan than you would have a week ago yeah, or two weeks and ago. And listen, the defense, they, they 
you know, they had a meeting, they figured some stuff out, but Geno Smith is number one in the league in completion percentage, third in passer rating, fourth in QBR, sixth in passing touchdowns, seventh in passing yards. This guy hasn't been a full-time starter since 2014. And he just goes out there every week and he's balling like, hey, what did everybody miss? What did, what did everybody miss? Seriously, what did everybody miss about Geno Smith? I mean, we all thought that they were going to go get Jimmy Garoppolo. Who would you rather have right now, Jimmy Garoppolo or Geno Smith? I'd rather have Geno yeah, Smith. Yeah, did you see Jimmy Garoppolo yeah, yesterday? Though, Interception yeah. in the end zone, yeah, yeah. fumble in their end zone, the San Francisco 49ers end zone. I mean, we all thought, okay, they're going to, they're going to cut Garoppolo in San Fran, and Seattle's going to, they're going to grab him. They're going to grab him. Because who's going to, who wants to play Geno Smith? Now Geno Smith is like one of the top quarterbacks. I don't get it. I, I don't get it. But you got to give him credit. You got to give Seattle credit. They're making it work. Here's Pete. Carroll, after the game yesterday, that went over the Chargers on his quarterback. There's no restrictions on Gino. He can do whatever we can think of, and, and uh, he's different than he was. You know, and you can put a label on somebody for what he was, and, and then you miss the whole chance chance to understand this guy. This guy is a different guy. He's 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 experienced. He's uh, he's physically fit. He's having a blast. He's 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 living in an elevation of poise with the way he's handling it. It's perfect. It's perfect for the moment, and so uh, I was thrilled and. and to see it happen and couldn't happen to a better guy. Now, speaking of Seattle, anybody who was paying attention to that game knows that DK Metcalf had to leave that game. Pete Carroll told our friends, Mike Salk and Brock Heward up there in Seattle, that DK Metcalf will not need surgery. He got a great report. He hurt his patellar tendon a little bit in his knee. He's determined to practice on Wednesday. Carroll didn't make it sound like he'd be able to. There was some real concern that DK Metcalf was going to be out for a long, long while with that knee injury, but his plan now is to rehab it. There's no timetable for his return. He might miss a little time, but a lot of people in the moment thought it was very, very yeah, serious. Yeah. Here's the thing on Gino. 2016, he was on the Jets. 2017, he was on the Giants. 2018, he was on the Chargers. 2019, he didn't play. 2020, he was with Seattle. Jets, Giants, Chargers, didn't play Seattle. Couldn't have seen it coming. What the heck? Couldn't have seen it coming. Nobody saw this coming. Nope. In the meantime, uh, your other division rival, the yeah. Rams had this week off, your other division rival. 49ers trotted out their brand new acquisition in Christian McCaffrey, and he was very Christian McCaffrey-like in limited touches. Didn't matter. That San Francisco defense got trampled yesterday by Kansas City. Patrick Mahomes doing it again. Doesn't matter who the receivers are. What's your it's theory? Just, it's Kansas City. They did it to... How good is the Cardinals defense been since week one? Good. Really good. Been really good. Really good. Yeah. It couldn't stop Kansas City. 49ers have a terrific defense. Mm -hmm. Even with all the injuries, they still have a good defense. Couldn't stop Kansas City. I have a feeling that nobody could stop that offense. After Mahomes threw a pick on the opening drive, Kansas City went touchdown, touchdown, missed field goal, touchdown, 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 touchdown. Those are their drives. That was was the seven. It was like done. It was like, okay. And at one point, San Francisco closed it to 28-23. I was watching a lot of this game yesterday, and then Jimmy Garoppolo got his own way and did Jimmy Garoppolo. One of the guys on, um, what's it, Good Morning Football? Yes. Somebody said, and I can't remember which guy it was, I had it on the background, I was listening to it, and I should have stopped it and paused it, that the, the Chiefs are actually a better team without Tyreek Hill. And I'm like, wait a second, come on. That they thinks they're actually a better offensive team without Tyreek Hill. Can you imagine? <laughs> you lose Tyreek Hill and you're better? I don't, I don't... <clears throat> I don't think you can be, but I don't think you're noticeably worse without him. Okay, that offense is ridiculous. I mean, it's I mean, better, no, but noticeably worse, no. 
Oh, no. How about just the same? Yeah, I mean, how about the same? You can they be were the, able to score every time they had the ball yeah. with them, and they're able to score every score every time when they don't have them. You can be the same, and you don't have to pay that cat twenty five million dollars a year. I mean, that win win, right? You win, Tyreek. If, if I asked you right now who's going to win this division, NFC West, who would you say? Oh boy. Um, if you had I, to pick a team right now to win this division, Forty ers That's a great poll question. Forty ers Forty ers Rams, Cardinals, Seahawks. So you're not going Seattle. I'm not going Seattle. I still say the 49ers. Okay. I still think the 49ers. All right. Yeah. You? 49ers. Okay. You were testing me? See what I'd say? I don't. I mean, I don't know. I think it's a like. It's a good question. I, I don't know. I, it's a good question. I it, there's no obvious answer. I would still choose the 49ers, but I don't have a reason why. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, so you upset a ranked Husky team at home with your backup quarterback. Mm. Two weeks later, that's what we get. That's next. Burns and Gambo. The Burns and Gambo need to know Twitter poll presented by Sanderson Ford. All right, Eric is in. Uh, I owe him lunch. He took the Astros. I took the Yankees. If for no other reason, well, he's not going to do into that. Oh, he, bet, did, didn't he? totally. Yeah, he totally. Hundred percent. I saw. I saw blood in the water. Yeah, I, I could uh, hear the trash can banging from here. Yeah, man. It, yeah. it was. It was. A, it was a sucker bet. I was betting with my heart, which is weird to say that about the Yankees, but I wanted the Astros to lose that badly. So at some point this week, I'll bring Eric in some lunch, and we'll. We'll settle that up at some point, which reminds me, you, you still owe me a lunch, too. And a, and coffee. a coffee. Yeah. I'm not mistaken. And a so coffee. Get that hooked up. Uh, in the meantime, we got a poll question to roll out there. Suns are 2-1 and one to start the season. They've got the Warriors tomorrow at home. That should be a lot of fun. And Devin Booker is off to a, an incredible start so far, Eric. He's on fire, as always. Been a ton of fun to watch. And a lot of people are saying, hey, could this be the year? Is this the year Devin Booker vaults himself to win MVP? But that's not our question today. Our question is to the fans, to the people. How important is that MVP race for Devin Booker to you this season? You've got three options. It's very important. That's our guy. He gets MVP, validates his whole career. Your second option, it's kind of important. If it's there, go for it, but don't force it. And your last option, it's not important at all. Regular season, nobody cares. It's the playoffs that matter. I'm the last one. I could care less. Um... It doesn't matter to me, but if it matters to him, it matters to me. You know he what I mean? Like the type of guy where like, it wouldn't like, matter. Like, I know, so if it, it, it's it's almost like a question for book. Hey, book, does it matter to you if you want to win? I like you know, like being first team All NBA. I think mattered to him. I think that was important to him. I, I being on the cover of that video game matters to him. I'm going to suspect that being MVP is a is a goal that's on his list. You know, something he'd like to accomplish. So if it's important to him, it's important to me. Put me down in the middle category. But it's not, I mean, you know, Devin Booker can go his entire life, never win an MVP. As long as the Suns win a trophy, I don't care whether he wins one or not. And that's the qualifier. Lots of PTSD from a good regular season from the Suns flaming out in the playoffs. 48.5% say it does not matter. Go get that ring first. 30.8% in the middle saying it kind of matters, but don't force it. 20.7% ride or die with Book. He's their guy, and they think it's very very important. That's the poll question. You can find it on the Burns and Gambo Twitter page at Burns and Gambo. One word is where you can find it on social media. Snap. Balls down. Kick. Plenty of distance. On the way. And it is good. 
And so second time today, for the first time since the first quarter, Stanford has taken the lead on the fifth field goal of the day for Joshua Cardi. Quote, 15 points shouldn't win football games. Close quote. I'll give you one guess who said it. And I imagine you'll get it the first guess. Sean Aguano. Sean Aguano said afternoon. 15 points shouldn't win football games, and yet ASU, that's all they gave up to Stanford. 15 points, and they lost 15-14. It was, it was a very, very frustrating game. I mean, ASU came out of the gate. They go up 7-3 uh, with this great run by Valaday, a great uh, block by Hatch on that one. And then they score again. Emory Jones went after the substitute cornerback who had just come in the game for an injured starter. He hits Badger on a 39-yard strike. 14-6. You're like, okay, we're good. Like, ASU's going to be fine. They're going to follow up that win against Washington. A great win for them. By beating a Stanford team that, let's face it, they had, what was it, a 10-game losing streak in the conference? conference, But no, from there, it just got sloppy. I mean, even their kicker, Carter Brown, who is so reliable. He had made 9-10 field goals. He comes up short on a 41-yard field goal attempt. Short. Like, not wide right, not wide left. Like, you saw it. Like, you're like, oh, that's good. And then they were like, it was short. I'm like, it was short? Yeah, that was short. Then you had the interception by Emory Jones, which was bad. And then Bernsey, after a while... It was just like, man, they're just—they're not getting any points here. They're like—they're not—they had yards. I mean, forget points. They couldn't get anywhere down the no. field. They ended up—they uh, ended up punting on a drive, and I put this in my notes. Here. It was their fifth punt in seven possessions, and it also included a missed field goal and interception. So seven possessions, five punts, a missed field goal that was short, and an interception. I mean, they just weren't getting anything done. They even took over after Stanford had scored. They took over minute and 28 left, no timeouts from their own 32, and they had a great play on fourth and seven to Thompson for 30 yards. And then they had the play that a lot of people probably saw to Badger. His foot was out of bounds at the one-yard line. If his foot's in bounds, they win the football game. But he was out of bounds. Stanford ends up winning the game. Yeah, in fact, Iguano, after the game, commented on that. His foot was probably out when I looked up there. And so... Um, that was a, a fact, uh, and that's a moment we could have scored, <laughs> to tell you the truth. Uh, but um, it didn't happen, and uh, we wanted to rush our guys down there um, to, to kick the field goal. Um, because if it, if it was caught and it was out of bounds, the clock would have stopped, and we had three seconds left to kick the field goal for a win. But uh, they called it out. Now, look, I don't want to put anything past what this program can do. Nobody expected them to beat Washington at home. They did, right? So, so I mean, they can... So they, they have al- some momentum now. You were hoping you'd yeah, follow that up. They always possess the ability to surprise us. You start looking at the schedule, and what really makes this one sting is that you're just starting to run out of winnable football games, right? I mean, you just don't have that many left on the schedule Colorado. that are blatantly obvious. Colorado's next, and they've got one win on the season. And and so that, that they're even worse than Stanford, all right? But then after that, you've got UCLA, you've got at Washington State, always tough better. to play always there. Tough always play. tough. Always oh, Saturday night in Pullman in November, always tough. Oregon State. Oregon State at home, and Oregon State's no pushover this no. year. They're playing really well. They run the ball well. And then U of A. And, and of course, U of A's U of A. They didn't have a the game this week. They had to buy. But you, you start looking at the schedule, and you go, okay, Stanford was... A very winnable game for a team that was looking to kind of sustain a little momentum after Washington. And it especially matters to Sean Aguano because you better believe he's getting judged on every single one of these games, every single one of these moments, every single one of these missed opportunities. To do, do, you judge him, do you judge him on wins and losses or do you judge him on how the team's competing? Um, I, I don't. 
both, but you have to have some wins. You got to win some games. Yeah, I mean, he, he had a nice win over Washington. He did, but if at the end of the year that's the only one he's got, he's one and three. He's got one win in four games. Yeah. You got you got to win some right. football games, and if you're in every single one, and if your kids are playing hard in every single one, okay, that that tells a story. But at the end of the day, if you've got decent candidates who want this job, and of course that's the big qualifier here, right? Yes. Do I have decent candidates who want this job and are interested in ASU football? Do I do I have a Matt Rule who's interested in this job? Now I don't know that. I don't know if he is or if he isn't. But if there are really good qualified candidates who want this gig, yeah, you better believe Sean Aguana's got to win some games. Not a lot, you know, not but certainly the ones you can win. And when your defense holds Stanford to 15 points on the road, I mean that's the first time that's the first time they as a program lost without giving up a touchdown since 1984. Wow. You have to go way way I mean, you're I was like still in high school, Bernsey. You're talking like Pre-Jeff Van Raphorst the last yeah. time something like that happened, mm-hmm. right? I mean, you go way back to see something like that. So, yeah, wins, man. So, in that regard, for Sean Aguano kind of keeping the gig, it was not a good day Saturday. It was not a good it, day for it, What was really tough is that they down a punt at the one-yard line. You're like, okay. They had Stanford at the one-yard line and dead to right, third and six from the five. So, they punted to the one, and then they got Stanford third and six, but they complete a pass to Urosic for 10 yards. And then they have another third down and four they could they complete to Tremaine. They had a third and five that they completed to Humphreys. There were a couple ASU penalties, three third down conversions. That was the winning drive. You had him at the one yard line. You had him at the five yard line facing third down. Forced him to punt from that end zone. That ball game's over. They just their defense did a great job of not allowing touchdowns, but when Stanford needed to make plays on that drive, they made three big plays on third down. Yep, they did. And um, we're going to talk more about this a little bit later, but I do want to bring this up now because this is the latest on this situation from his press conference today. Sean Aguano, quote, it is a true competition between Emory Jones and Trenton Bourget these next three days, and we'll see how that plays. There is no true starter right now, close quote. I we're think- going to talk about this later. And I understand that he went back to Emory in this game. And Emory actually moved the ball a little bit those first couple drives. Um, But you lost. And the offense didn't do very well. I kept waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. Seven possessions. Seven possessions. Five punts, an interception, and a missed field goal. I thought somewhere in there he was going to do it. And I kept waiting. Was he going to? Nope, not this one. Okay, how about? Yeah, yeah. Nope, not this one either. Oh, maybe this. Yeah, no, not here either. And now we'll see. We'll see who wins the open competition. But it is open season on who's going to be the starting quarterback this week against a Colorado team that is no good. You can text us anytime you want your thoughts that we're talking about here on the Burns and Gambo Show. The FanDuel text line is open for you at 620-620 right now. When we come back, the World Series is set. I know who we both want to win. Do we actually think that team's going to win? That's next. Burns and Gambo. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports. The local sports leader. Suarez delivers. Swing and a drive. Left field. It's deep. It's going. And it is going. Yes. It is Bedlam at the bank as Bryce Harper has put the Phillies on top. 
good, bitch. That's good. That's really good. The Moneyball music. Somebody, I don't even know who did it. Somebody on social media synced up the the, the music at the end of Moneyball when Scott Hadberg hits the, the home run to extend the winning streak to 20 games or whatever it is. That music set up to Bryce Harper's home run. And it was serious. I'm not even a Bryce Harper fan. I'm not even a Phillies fan. I, I got goosebumps watching it because it was so well done. Uh, Bryce Harper, man. His career since signing with Philadelphia, what was that, 2018, the offseason? Yeah. 2018, uh, where he signed that $330 million, whatever it was, contract, had not amounted to a whole lot since he had been there. But boy, is he paying dividends now. The home run, the go-ahead shot against the San Diego Padres, and the Phillies are going to the World Series. Yep. They're the first six seed to ever reach the World Series. Harper hit 419 with five home runs, six doubles, and 11 RBI. In 11 games. 11 games, 419, five homers, six doubles, 11 RBIs. I mean, he's really delivered for them. And you, you, you look at the way they're built. I always look at the way teams are built, right? They've got that. They sign Harper. Then they, they get Zach Wheeler, who, you know, the Mets got Wheeler in a trade with the Giants. They liked him. They let him go. And he's a free agent. He signs because they, at that time, he had DeGrom and you had Syndergaard. And uh, you had, uh, I think you were just coming off of Henry. And he was just like, man, can't afford to pay all those guys. They let Zach Wheeler go. Then they get Schwarber right before the 2022 season. Hoskins has been one of their key rookies. Like he was a rookie, and he, they they built him up over the last couple of years. And boy, they are that they are just killing it at home. They're five and zero at home in the postseason. Five and zero at home. Haven't lost a game there yet. Nope, and um, and it's a it's in that regard the World Series, and we'll talk about that matchup in a minute here and what it means. I think the other thing to keep in mind with the Phillies too is, and it almost never works. It almost never works. Firing the manager, firing the manager midway through the season, yeah. and, and having success with the new yeah. guy. I mean, usually, usually you fire your managers because you have a bad baseball team, and usually you're just just kind of window dressing, right? You're kind of oh, okay. Let's see if we can salvage this. You got to do something. You got to show the fans you're willing to do. something something. So you fire Girardi and you bring in Thomason. Normally those moves have very little impact. This is one of those rare moments. Very, very, what, sixth time? I think in baseball history where a, where a manager, a team that made a mid-season managerial Six change. since 1969 okay. when divisional play started. It just doesn't happen no. very often. You think about all the times that teams tried to do it and failed. It's very rare and yet that to me is also what makes this Philly team yeah. very unique. So Philly's 2020 22 in the World Series. 2021 it was the Braves. 2019 it was the Nationals. Three years in a row, and NL East is representing the National League in the World Series. It would have, the season wasn't shortened by, you know, because the Dodgers did the one year. In 20. Yeah, in yeah. 20. They did the one yeah. year when it was During a full shortened. season. During a full season. Yeah, I don't count right. the Dodgers as having well, the World I know, Series. I just, for the sake of accuracy, <laughs> I wanted the Dodgers. The Dodgers did win a World Series. We don't count as, it. As that much was, as we're trying to we don't count forget it. that it happened, it did happen. No, and know, we're trying to forget it. So um, the Phillies advanced from the National League, and then the Astros, who haven't lost a game yet so far this postseason. Not a single game. Swept through your New York Yankees over the weekend, completing the sweep of the 6-5 win yesterday over New York. Kind of a back-and-forth affair. And the yeah, Astros... Bader, Bader was the best Yankees player. I mean, Judge, who made the final out, did not have a good postseason. No, he did not. Um, I think he batted like one, somewhere around 150 or something like that. Bader actually gave them the lead with a home run, but then the Astros rallied to take the lead, and then the Yankees just couldn't mount much of an offense. They 
there. Cordon Nestor was pitching pretty well, but then obviously he struggled and gave up some runs. Uh, and, you know, the Yankees just aren't as good. I mean, they're not as good as a team. I mean, they put so much money invested into Garrett Cole, and then they've had to rely on, on other guys to come through, and they just didn't. You know, they made that trade, and Bader was good for them, but they probably could have used Montgomery in the playoffs. But LeMay, was hurt. They traded for Benintendi. He got hurt. Um, Chapman didn't even make the roster. Zach Britton was hurt. Like, all of their key relief pitchers, Chad Green was hurt. They were really a mess. They were. And, and the uh, Astros are good. Like, they're, 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 good. Credit, no, they're a good they're, team. I, look, and here's the thing. I, I, I hesitate to do this because of the cheating scandal and just how much I want to see them go down. I, I just I don't want to see them win to the point where I was rooting for the Yankees. I never root for the Yankees. I hate the Yankees. I was rooting for the Yankees in this series because I didn't want to see the Astros get there. On some level, you do have to give them credit when you think about all the guys who aren't there anymore, right? I mean, Carlos Correa is not there anymore. George Springer's not there anymore. Garrett Cole's not there anymore. They still have good players there, but a lot of the main players from those teams yeah. that went to World I mean, this is what, their fourth World Series since 2017? The two mainstays, Bregman and Altuve. Yeah, but I mean, still, it, that's a good yes. chunk of their team that it they kind of lost over time to free agency. Right. And, and, key outfielder. And, I mean, look at the guy who won American League Championship Series MVP, Jeremy Pena. He's in for Correa, right? Yeah. And look at, I mean, the manager, Dusty Baker. Yep. A.J. Hinch was the manager when they won the World Series. I, and so on some level, and I hate to do it because I want to see him go down. And I, I just, at some level, you have to do give him credit because they you are do have to give losing guys and they continue to produce guys no. who are winning, right? You're all, it, listen, you're 100% right. We don't want to give them credit, but they have. Jordan Alvarez is a beast. He's un, unreliev- uh, unbelievable. You know, their pitching staff has been really good. They got a bunch of guys that come in and miss bats. They yes, just they strike do. guys out. They miss bats. So their pitching staff has been been, you know, underrated. It's pretty good. But the mainstays, Bregman and Altuve, have been great for them. And then they get these young kids that are coming up. They had a great farm system. They did. You know, and it sucks because the Diamondbacks traded Zach Greinke for four Astros minor leaguers. You know, but they didn't get they didn't get the, they didn't get the, the any good ones. Like, right. Like, okay. <laughs> the really good they got ones the rookie. Anyway. was the NLCS well, MVP. Look. Like, okay, great. I'd like to have him. Look, I've, I've said it Nothing before. Nothing against Seth Beer, but I've, I've said it before. I'll say it again. The best organizations, the very best ones, are the ones who can scout themselves and know which of their prospects are real and which ones of their prospects are phony. And I'm not saying the four guys that the Diamondbacks got from the Astros were phony. Okay, but you, but the ones where okay, you're the Astros and you look through your prospects and you go, okay, this guy's going to be good, that guy's going to be okay. But everybody thinks that the okay guy is yeah. going to be good, so let's trade him, right? you got to know your own system. you got to know your own players. you got to know your own farm players so that when it comes time to deal them for other players, you know which ones you're willing to part with because you just know they're not going to be as good as everybody thinks they are. The best organizations are the ones who are the best at that. The Astros also become just the third team in the wild card era to sweep their way to the World Series. Now, the good news is if you don't want the Astros to win the World Series, the last two who did the exact same thing Mm -hmm. lost. The 07, I, the 07 Rockies and the 2014 Royals both went on to lose the World Series, even though they hadn't lost a game before they yeah, got the there. The Rockies ended the Red Sox curse. Yes. Wasn't it the Rockies and, that the Red Sox ended the curse and against? And it was the Rockies who swept the Diamondbacks in the National League Championship Series. Yeah. 
in 07. I mean, yeah. that series was over in a heartbeat. I don't want that mattress guy getting 75 million bucks because that's what he's going to get if the Astros win the World Series. <laughs> Some guy that sells mattresses is going to make $75 million if the Astros win. Here's the other thing about the World Series, which begins on Friday, by the way. The Astros won 106 games. The Phillies won 87. That is the second largest difference between World Series opponents in the history of the Fall Classic. The only one that was bigger was back in 1906. You were a young man back in 1906. It <laughs> was the last time there was that big of a deficit between the two worlds. Who were the two teams, teams in 06? Uh, it was the Cubs and the White Sox. The 116 win Cubs lost to the World lost the World Series to the 93 win White Sox. Can you name one? Nin- can you name one in player in the 1906 World Series? No. Is there no. one player you would know? I really doubt it. I'm looking it up right now. The 1906 World Series, I, the White Sox won it. Uh huh. Defeated the Cubs four games to two. Why would I be able to name one of those players? I don't know. Why? I mean, it's because baseball has that history. Yeah. I mean, baseball has the history where you kind of know players. So let me just see if I know any of these names right here. And Mordecai Brown. <laughs> Three finger Mordecai Brown was Three on that Mordecai team? Brown was on the Cubs. <laughs> Three finger Mordecai Brown. There you Brown go. You think, okay, team. you didn't know anybody? Three finger Mordecai <laughs> Brown was on that team. Didn't you get him to sign your game stub, Gambo? <laughs> I think I got an autographed ball. He couldn't because he only has three fingers. Oh, three he has fingers. a hard time gripping the pen. You know, it makes it really challenging for him. Frank Chance, Johnny Evers. I know. I know. Mordecai Brown. When we come back, we missed the opportunity to talk to him last Friday. We are very glad to chat with Arizona Cardinals General Manager Steve Kimes. He's got more than three fingers. Yes, he does. We'll do that next on the Burns and Gambo Show.